Welcome to Psychos and Sociopaths. My name is David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. And today we're going to talk about H.H. Holmes, who was a serial killer in, uh, uh, during the... 1860s 18... through 1896. Yeah, during the uh, World's Fair uh, in the uh, Chicago area. What makes this guy really interesting, one, he did a lot of... Uh, uh, what you call it, uh, insurance scams to make a lot of the money, but it was his kill house or kill hotel mm-hmm. that was very uh, interesting. Right. Because uh, what he, the whole hotel was set up for murder. Mm-hmm. He would, he had trap doors to get rid of the body. He, uh, some of the rooms had uh, air vents and everything to put in gas, and his uh, mode of uh killing was basically gas and uh or something else burning burning yeah yeah and uh what would he do is he would take the body uh some of the times he would uh, take the body put it pour it in acid when he did that and he would take the skeleton and uh sell it to universities and everything make a profit yeah yeah the guy he uh you know not to glorify it, but, I mean, the guy was really kind of ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, almost kind of like a, uh, I mean, literally, yeah. I mean, he was ahead of his time because, I mean, he had this place built specifically for the purpose of doing A, B, and C. Yeah. Uh, hidden passageways, fake walls, uh, chambers. I mean, he had, a, he had an oven. He had a gas chamber. Yeah, I mean, the guy, I don't want to say he was off his rocker. I mean, because the guy thought this stuff through. He was very methodical about it. Um, you know, just like everybody else that we've profiled, he, I think, really got cocky. And that's why he got caught. Yeah. And, uh, what's his, I can't even pronounce this name of this uh, guy uh, <clears throat> because he was actually a physician he graduated uh, the Uni- uh, University of uh, Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery in uh, 1884 mm-hmm. and after he passed his exams and everything uh, he studied uh, anatomy yeah he was he he he, he I guess he just really <laughs> liked the human body to the point to where uh, he wanted to study it more. He was kind of like the uh, uh, Nazi doctor, uh, Dr. Jeskofi. Here, let me, let me put this in here. I'll send it to you. Because I can't pronounce it, and I'm horrible at pronouncing names and everything. You're better at it. There you go. Joseph Mengele. Yeah, he was known as the Angel of Mengil, Death. Mengele, yeah, yeah Mengele, yeah, and something like that. Joseph is how you pronounce his first name. Yeah, he did a, and that was just an, we, we'll go over him too one of these days, probably mm-hmm. in the next one. That one, that, that guy's actually really interesting the, as, you know, a murderer and everything. Other than that, that that's about it. But 
I mean, just the uh, ingenuity of the hotel and everything that he had. I mean, he built the whole thing yeah. himself. I mean, it's that type of genius. Crazy, crazy genius type shit. Yeah. He, from what I was able to see and able to read, I mean, the guy, he didn't seem off, like at all. I mean, literally, he, he kind of pressed himself into that, that stereotype of he was quiet. Yeah. The only thing that really, I mean, he was, I mean, he would run insurance scams in medical school, selling cadavers to, or using cadavers to get life insurance policies. Yeah. When he was going through school, but yeah. Over, I mean, for, but for the most part, though, it, it just really kind of seemed like he he came from a um, a farming family. I mean, his his dad was a farming, you know, was what, father was from a farming family. At times he works as a farmer, trader, house painter. Parent parents were devout Methodists. Uh, he they. I mean, later attempts to fit him into a pattern seen in modern serial killers have been described or have described him torturing animals and suffering from abuse at the hands of a violent father. But uh, eyewitness accounts of his childhood didn't provide proof of any of that. So they tried they tried to take that, that modern mold and, and put him in there to, to try to, I guess, maybe put a, a, an explanation onto him. And they couldn't do it because the guy just did. He just didn't. He said, him, I, I, let, me, let me put it this way. He really set himself apart, like he set the bar. Yeah. And everybody else that's just kind of just falling into those footsteps, yes, they have their own uniqueness about them, but they don't hit that level. This guy was just evil. And, you know, I I think a lot of it is, again, I think you nailed it, was just the overall curiosity of the human anatomy. And... It really comes through with the things that he did, his MOs, uh, just just his proclivity or procli- proclivity to, you know, uh, burn, uh, gas, and just the dissection part of it in itself. I think with each murder, he learned more about the anatomy that he was able to apply towards his his future murders. Because didn't they, they peg him with, like, a, a suspected as, like, maybe as 200 people? Um, let me see here. Uh, so I don't have to go looking for it. I mean, the guy, he, he spent a lot of time in small claims court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, it's about two hundred people. Yeah, you know, like fifty lawsuits or something like that in Chicago alone. Yeah. Um, but he just a con artist, and and it says trigamist, but I mean trigamist is just a fancy word for polygamy. Um, you know, where uh, what is it? Polygamy is where um, the man. It, I mean, the men men commit polygamy, and what is it for the women? I think I saw that somewhere. It was um, like the female version. There's a different word for the female version of it, but uh, he just he had his he had his hands, you know, kind of like in a lot of different jars. And yeah, well, even even with his first murder, it was more or less. Uh, 
uh, he was saying that she died uh, during a botched abortion. Yeah, I think that was a uh, a mistress that he had, and then when the what was her name, uh, Julie Smythe, Julia Smythe, she was the wife of a uh, Ned Connor. She moved into his into his building and began working the pharmacy's jewelry counter. Um, after the husband found out that you know about the affair, he quit his job and moved away, left Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind. Uh, Smythe gained custody of Pearl and remained at the hotel, continuing her relationship with Holmes. Um, and then they disappeared on Christmas Eve in 1891. So, you know, I think that his little scientific spree <laughs> in his eyes, his scientific spree was a relatively, you know, relatively short-lived one, I think, over the span of, like, what? It was... Um, Five to six years. Five years, something like that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he was pretty prolific as it relates to the frequency and the volume of the murders. And, and, and again... I thought... I, I keep on remembering either, A, I'm remembering it wrong, or... Uh, I'm just... I think I'm remember, remembering it wrong, but he didn't. He had a co-conspirator. Uh, co-conspirator. Co-conspirator. You know, you would. He would have to. Uh, just at that. Just at that particular volume. Because um, I'm I'm reading it and and remembering he he had somebody with him that actually did all the carpentry work. Mm-hmm. He uh, Holmes designed everything, and this guy uh, that uh, basically he had a criminal past and everything like that. And he paid him, or he didn't pay him. That's the whole reason why he got it captured and arrested, too. Or wasn't it for something else? There's there's some of this stuff on Comic Fig. I'm, like, really into the, uh, I've, like, learned a bunch of stuff because it can, comes up in a lot of uh, uh, time travel stuff. Yeah. Uh, TV shows and everything like that. Because you're, if you're during the time frame of Chicago and the World's Fair, they always have that. Uh, incident where they accidentally go into the uh, kill ho- uh, kill hotel. Yeah, I, I, what was that show? I remember seeing that show. It was like Timeless or something like that. They they ended up there on accident or something. And yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But uh, he was he was mainly pro- prosecuted for arson. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he left uh, Chicago. He reappeared in Fort Worth. Where he had inherited uh, inherited property from Williams' sister, because he okay. And I'm going back and forth on this. Yeah, because it was the one time actresses named uh, Mindy Williams moved to Chicago. Uh, yeah, that was the woman that he swindled out of a property she had in Fort Worth, where he. After he left Chicago because he had insurance companies wanting to prosecute him, he took off, and he reappeared down there. And I know he had some dealings in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, he was arrested and briefly jailed there. He worked with one of the inmates and concocted this plan to swindle an insurance company out of ten thousand dollars for you know he took out a policy on himself and then faked his death. Yeah, so I mean, he had a lot of aliases that he was operating under, also. So there's, there's just this guy has literally 
a lot of layers to him. So he is the quintessential onion as, as far as serial murderers were concerned. Yeah, even back in 2017, uh, they amended uh, allegations that Holmes had, in fact, escaped uh, execution. Holmes' body was exhumed for testing, led by Janet Morgan of University of Phoenix Museum of Agriculture and Anthropology. Due to his coffin being contained in cement, his body was found not to have to be decomposed normally. Uh, his clothing were almost perfectly preserved and his mustache was found to be intact. The body positive was identified by his teeth as that of Holmes and Holmes then reburied it. Yeah, that, I mean, and he asked for that, that type of a burial because he, he wanted his coffin encased in concrete and then buried 10 feet deep because he was worried that grave robbers were going to, you know, steal his body and then dissect it. So he, he really didn't want that, um, you know, the same treatment. He didn't want his corpse going through the same thing that he subjected his victims to. Yeah. And he didn't even, I mean, <laughs> he didn't even hang him. He didn't even get hung properly. Uh, like his neck didn't snap. He just sat there and strangled to death for about 15 minutes. I bet there's a lot of people that was happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were, but, um, you know, it's, uh, what was it? It's, uh, I forget what the standard is, but uh, there was something about, like, like, cause you know, like with the electric chair, if you survive two electri- elect- electrocutions in the chair, your sentence is basically commuted and you're set free. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I wonder what, what the standard was with hanging. Hanging's probably, well, most of the time, I mean, that there's that phrase is a hangman until he, uh, you will hang and you know, will hang by the neck until dead. Yeah. So I, I mean, maybe that, that's, that's why they did it the way they did it, but. Yeah. Well, because the electric chair didn't really come into fashion until like the twenties. Yeah. So, but I'm curious about that. Yeah. So uh, you know, with with, with hanging, because I know what was it? There was one state. Was it Utah that still had hanging as one of their me- means of of execution up until like 2000 or something like that? I want to say that was the case because I know that there was like one or two states that still had you know had a had a gallows. Albeit it was enclosed and it was a steel trap door as opposed to just like a you know like a wooden wooden structure. We are wrong. First time they used electric chair was uh, August sixth, eighteen ninety. Ah oh, well, okay. I know they didn't become the main mode of, of execution until like the the twenties or thirties. I'm curious about the last hanging too. Dang, man, we're just off on some curiosity on this one. Uh, we'll just do U.S. The last hanging. Wow. Wow. Uh, last hanging was Billy uh, Billy Bailey, and it was the last criminal to be hanged in the United States in 1996. I knew it was the 90s. I knew it was it. Was it Utah? Uh, say hmm. well but yeah he I mean this dude let me see here 
Uh, if you go to New Hampshire, you can still get hanging. Oh, really? As of 2020, hanging is a uh, available secondary method of execution in the state of New Hampshire for people sentenced to death before 2019. Hmm. I, I, I keep on saying they need to bring that shit back to anyways. Yeah, like, well, you know, just doing like... Doing the uh, town, town square. <laughs> right. But I, human rights and all that other good crap. Uh, thanks a lot, ACLU. Appreciate that. Um, Benjamin Feitzel, or Peitzel, I think is the, the, the associate that you were talking about. Because he was, the, he was the, the inmate that he collaborated with uh, to scan the insurance companies. Yeah. Yeah, so. And H.H. Home, the, I think if I am remembering right, because he didn't pay him, uh, that's when uh, he actually started talking to the police and everything about mm-hmm. the murders. Yeah, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, his, his murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17th of 1894 after being tracked there from Philadelphia by the Plinkertons. Um, That's something you don't hear that much anymore about. I mean, they still have an office and everything. It's in the Plinkertons because they're a very high respected now security firm. They call them themselves mm-hmm. now, but they still do like uh, mark work too. Yeah, he was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas, which you can still get hung. In you can still get hung in Texas for horse thievery. Yeah, I believe, but um, yeah, you can. Yeah. Because as a matter of fact, uh, we've got that cemetery over here on Seymour Highway. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a double grave. There's two horse thieves, if if I recall correctly. There's two horse thieves buried on top of each other for horse thievery, for, for you know for horse theft, and they were hung and buried in the city cemetery. You know what I was thinking is I wonder because. All of his stuff that he did, I wonder if Hitler got a lot of this, uh, got like knowledge of it, and that's how he thought to do that. Well, do all of the stuff that he did. I don't want to give the Germans props for the for the Holocaust, but they definitely the Germans. The I, Germans are definitely guilty of overengineering a lot of things, and so they they would run their experiments, and I I, I think that they knew you know, about the gas, you know, ahead of time, because, you know, we're, we're not too, you know, World War II was not that far removed from World War I, and that's when, you know, chemical weapons were, uh, you know, they were outlawed. Oh, they changed, it's just a two to ten year prison sentence for her stuff. Oh, don't get, can't get hung no more, okay. <clears throat> Different but, kind of home. Yeah. <laughs> now they make websites for that. Shame on you. Um, I know. But, I mean, just a lot of the stuff here. Um, upon his execution, his body was actually interred in, in an unmarked grave at the Holy Cross Cemetery. It's a Catholic cemetery in Philadelphia. It's a western suburb of uh, Yeadon. Um, on New Year's Eve, 1909, um, there was a gentleman by the name of Hedgepeth who had been pardoned for informing on 
Holmes was shot and killed by a police officer, Edward Jaburik, during a holdup at a Chicago saloon. Um, let me see here. Yeah, see, the castle, the murder castle, um, gutted by fire mysteriously in August of 1895. According to a newspaper clipping from the New York Times, two men were sent or seen entering the back of the building between 8 and 9 p.m. About a half an hour later, they were seen exiting the building and rapidly running away. Following several explosions, the castle went up in flames. Afterwards, investigators found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. The building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938. Uh, the site is occupied by the Inglewood branch of the United States Postal Service. Um, let me see here. I wonder if that place is haunted. You know, I, I kind of wonder the same thing. But, like, because, you know, <clears throat> you know, you can get into these philosophical discussions that, you know, if you, if you replace a ship plank by plank, as long as it maintains the same original keel, it's still the same ship. So if the building was demolished and it's re it was rebuilt. Well, it's like uh, the whole... Uh building a uh, house on an uh, Indian burial ground. like Yeah, uh, but you're not excavating the burial ground. You're just, you're developing it. You, you level it, and then you pour a concrete foundation, or you, or you, dig, you, know, or you drill, drill in for pure and bean. But I think that the foundation of the building, the murder castle itself, when it says it was demolished, I think that they took it all the way down to the ground. I mean, all the way down to the dirt. To the underbed, or uh, to the not not the bedrock, but the basement. I, yeah, I mean, I think that they completely gutted everything. I think they they ripped it all out. I think that, you know, I wonder. I mean, it's one of those things you just got to go. You, you wish go back in time. It was like, what are you going back in time for? I want to find out if they got rid of everything of that uh, of the murder castle because they were scared that there were still uh, ghosts there and everything like that. Yeah, because I, I read somewhere that um, I think maybe, <laughs> I think that maybe it did, like, you know, because they said that the building survived the fire and it was in use until it was demolished in 38. So I, I think that to an extent, yeah, I think that there may have been some hauntings in there. There was some... <clears throat> some reports of, of, of ghosts or, you know, at least noises and strange occurrences. Um, but I, I think that, I think that that's maybe partly why it was torn down in 38. This is, you know, you get a lot of these people that are like, yeah, no, we, nope, nope. We burn it to the ground, salt the ashes. Yeah. And, uh, we we, we a, will we will get every herbalist out there burning clumps of sage. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we had like three piece show up. Uh, yeah, we even had a, a Satan worshiper to see if we can un, undo it. But uh, yeah, Benjamin Pretzel was okay. Yeah, uh, that was that was another thing about him is uh, the fact that. Was he considered the? He was considered the first serial killer. Yeah, as far as like America goes, I think, I think so because I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, Jack the Ripper was. Yeah, Jack the Ripper was more of a Victorian, you know, steampunk, industrial 
era of, of England, London specifically. But Jack the Ripper, from what I understand, he kind of favored the prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, he was he was in 1888 to 1891. That was the time frame. So yeah, he that was a uh, England serial killer. But H. H. Holmes is considered the. I mean, he's probably he's considered the first identified serial killer that yeah. you can actually identify. I mean, there's probably a lot of because they even considered like Bill of the Kid as a serial killer too. No, you know, and I think. There's there's some 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 people actually believe that Billy Kid was like a serial killer or something like that. I'm not buying that, and I, I think that I think sir I think Billy the Kid he was just a he was a bank robber. That's it. Yeah. You know I don't want to say he was a petty thief because I mean it's not like he was snatching you know women's purses and shit. But yeah. But he was just a bank robber, and do I think that he got killed? No, I think he died an old man. Um, so you're in Young Guns two and not in Young Guns one. Right, you know, I, I mean, literally, I, I, I do think that I think he survived. I mean, I think he went on to be an old man because um, you remember that show, Unsolved Mysteries, the original with Robert Stack. Yeah, um, the one that the beginning still gives me the creepies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, Robert Stack in the trench coat walking out of a you know a foggy alleyway. He was made for that role. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, you remember? Okay, so the parody that he did of himself. In basketball, he's like, we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and then he gets slapped. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, hilarious. but but there there was a there was an episode where it talked about Billy the Kid, and he had resurfaced, and the the governor of New Mexico laughed at him. You know, laughed him. You know, just played it off. He was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, because he wanted a uh, he wanted a pardon. Pardon. You know, which you know, I mean, hell. I'd have given it to him. And it's not because he was some kind of folk hero. I mean, it's just like, dude, the dude's an old man. What the hell are you going to do? I mean, these, these, these murders, a lot, I mean, the shootings that he committed, they were before the turn of the century, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know? And he, he went on and spent the better part of his life minding his own business, and he stayed to himself. He didn't, he didn't commit any crimes. I mean, he quite literally was your kind old man. He was just your old timer, you know. So, I mean, I would have given him the pardon. You know, it, it, there had to have been, when he came around, I think it was in the 50s when he died, Billy the Kid. I know we're getting off topic here, but. Yeah. I mean, I, they didn't have DNA testing or anything like that, but no. I, what was it, Garrett? got credited with shooting Billy the Kid and, and bringing in, you know, bringing his body to justice or anything like that, something like that. But, no, I mean, honestly, I think that Billy the Kid survived the, you know, survived the encounter with, with Garrett and and went on to die an old man. So. Pat Garrett. Yeah, Pat Garrett. So, I don't know. But getting back to Holmes here, he... I mean, this guy was legit. So, I mean, if, if we're going to consider him America's first serial killer, that really set the bar high. Yeah. there. I mean, even the ones back in the 70s that we found out, like a whole lot of them and everything like yeah. that, 
I mean, they did some really sick and twisted stuff and everything like that, but this guy was matistic. Yeah. I mean, he, he just, he, I mean, he had a freaking kill out castle. Yeah. And that I mean, he, he, he knew he, he was doing, he was doing it himself and everything. And he was just, it was, it, it's one of those things you just like, man, I'm going to have to kill you, but I admire your tenacity, what you did here. Yeah. Uh, even, even at the, let's see here. Uh, at the time of his hanging, what was it? I saw it just a second ago. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Up until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and amiable showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. And let's see here. His neck did not snap, as we discussed earlier. He he insisted... um, See, I love the fact that my... MLB accounts tied to both of my devices because I'm getting updates on the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> what so, what you said was you're going to start talking and everything. I was like, what the hell happened? No, I no, see, so I, I'm, they're, they're playing the Twins today, and Hunter Renfro just hit a home run. So, I mean, they cut the lead down to 2-1. to one, So, I'm, it's, it's whatever. It's, 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 we, it's why we play nine innings. Except for tomorrow. Tomorrow's supposed to be a scheduled doubleheader. And one of these new rules for speeding up the game on days where double headers, headers are scheduled they play seven inning games and I'm sitting there I'm like Ugh. okay anyways back on subject here um, his neck did not snap he instead strangled to death slowly twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung so I mean I mean they waited for him to go limp for five minutes before they decided to call it yeah they they basically did uh, did my thing. Uh, if you ever come across someone that's purely evil, aim for the head and make sure they're dead. Yeah, and this might, and this is where we get into the whole cruel and unusual treatment provision that we have in the Constitution. But to me, you know, the punishment should totally fit the crime. So I mean, if you were, if like with Timothy McVeigh, the the Oklahoma City bomber, which mm-hmm. we're we're about to celebrate that, uh, the anniversary of that. Well, we're about to observe the anniversary yeah. of that. We're not celebrating shit. But, yeah. Um, in fact, I think that's, uh, what, on the 14th or 15th? That's tomorrow. or It's this week. It might be the 17th, which is this Saturday, I think it is. Um, anyway, so... Like with Timothy McVeigh, instead of giving him the needle... Or the gas chamber, I forget which one he had, but I think we should put him through what his victims went through. You know, put him on the top 19th. floor. It'll be next Monday. Yeah, so instead of putting him on the top floor, like on the roof, put him inside of a building that's about to be demolished. Put him on the top floor, right? And then put a timer in front of him, but put the timer deliberately 10 seconds faster than the charges. Oh. So that way he counts down to zero. And he sees the zeros, and he, the you know the building doesn't explode, 
you know, the charges don't go off. He thinks he's safe for a second. Then he starts hearing the charges go off, and he has to ride that all the way down. And they rig the charges to the point where that where the roof sandwiches the top floor. So he gets crushed as he hits the ground. To me, that would have been just you know that would have been poetically you know justified. But we have laws in this country for a reason, and the Constitution was written and framed the way that it was written for that particular purpose. Because I mean it. If we, if we were to do things like that, it wouldn't make us no better than, than the perpetrator of those crimes. Yeah, you can't kill a person by stoning anymore. Yeah, right. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're not, we're, I mean, that's that's a Sharia law thing. So, I mean, but, but with him, I mean, they hung him. And he, he like, literally, they... They, 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 they wait until his last Yeah, breath. I mean, they you will hang by the neck until dead. So, I mean, yes, I mean, they did that. I mean, they carried that out to the T. I just think that he was just being a pain in the ass and just being tenacious. Now, the fact that his neck didn't snap kind of lends to the theory, or, the, you know, I kind of wonder, did the hangman, did the hangman purposely do it? Purposely position the noose to where it would do it? Because, I mean, if you look at all of the, like, pictures of the traditional hangings that we've had in this country, judicial hangings, the, 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 the loops, the noose was directly behind the skull. So that way it jerked that head forward and it helped separate those vertebrae. I wonder if they didn't have the noose hanging off to the side. That, that would explain a lot, yeah. You know, so, but, I mean, obviously we're not going to find any of those photos. Yeah. But, well, I'm sure they're there, but I don't want to go digging for it. It's, it's kind of a non-starter point here. But he was really ingenuitive, and I, I think that, Again, not not to lend credence to it, not not to give him any more props than than he, you know. I mean, he's not doing any props at all, other than the fact that he went above and beyond and demonstrated a, le- a level of lethality that we had never experienced before in this country. And 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 well, I can't say we haven't seen it since because there's a lot of a lot of people that have actually killed like mass killing, genocide, and everything like that. Yeah, but, but I mean, just I, I, on, one, on this one, scale. Yeah, one person's show, it's just... Yeah, yeah for one person's show, because when you're talking about people that commit genocide, like the Pol Pots, you know, the Stalins, the Hitlers, I mean, they've got a supporting cast. And they're just portrayed as the mastermind, because why? They're the ones calling the shots. But, or at least they're the ones that have the idea sold to them, and then they think, oh, well, this is this is... This would be great, you know, and, and for whatever reason in their head, you know, they decide that I'm going to spirit, you know, we're going to spearhead this. But as far as a one person show, like you just said, Holmes really set the bar at a very high level. I and mean, if you read this stuff and everything, they are based there. They get a hair in their butt and make sure that he's still dead. Yeah. I mean, even though he at this time frame, he is dead, dead. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm smiling because I got another game update. We talked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but uh, uh, it's not like you know they're not going to watch this video. They're not going to watch this podcast and <laughs> on Saturday when you when you upload it, and they're not going to be like this fucker over here smiling. He thinks this shit's fucking cool. No, dicks. I'm watch. I'm 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 getting updates from the Red Sox game. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, but. Um, <laughs> God. What the hell? Priorities, right? Yeah. Poetry. Okay, this is weird. 
Because I got to the bottom part of all the, uh, like, what happened in 2017. Two, uh, in 2018, a horror writer, Sarah uh, Tengling, uh, Teng, Tenger, yeah, okay, uh, published The Devil's Dreamland Poetry Inspired by H.H. H. Holmes, uh, Strang, Strangle House Books. Uh, which won the 2018 Bram Stoker Award for Best Poetry Collection. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it, it also said that there's going to be a movie as of 2019 and adaptation. Uh, adaptation. There we go. Use your words. Big words. Uh-huh. Uh, the Devil in the White, uh, White City with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio attached as executive producers. Is Once Hulu agreed to a partnership. Paramount. Yeah, yeah, I see it right here. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a series with no confirmations, Scorsese and DiCaprio would actually direct him and star. Retrospectively, or respectively, this is a 2021 production that's yet to commence. See, you know. Yeah, it's all that whole. Uh, you know, that's like, okay, so just to kind of put, to show you that I'm capable of throwing a nerd reference in there. Um, that's like with these constant rumors coming out of Paramount Studios about the fourth Star Trek film. Yeah, because, uh, who was it? Uh, Anton Yelich, when he died and everything, was like, oh, we're going to shelve this for a bit. And then when Chris Pine did Wonder Woman and Chris Hemsworth did the Marvel movies, I think there's something in the Screen Actors Guild you know, union agreement that once your movies make over a certain amount of money, you're considered A-list or A-plus list actors, and then contractually you have to, your minimum is X, Y, Z. And Paramount didn't want to pay that, so it was like a salary dispute or something like that. I read something earlier this week that no, that well, there's going to be a fourth J.J. Abrams movie, and just whether or not it's going to be in the same timeline is something completely well, different. Well, uh, God, what's his what's his name? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he was set to. I am so torn on that. I am so I I, I, I want to see a Tarantino style Star Trek film. I just I don't want it to be canon. Or if it's going to be canon, don't don't involve the Enterprise crew. Yeah, because uh, from what they're saying, it's supposed to be like rated R. But I see, but uh, on the screen actor game yeah. stuff, uh, no, it's not. We it's have not, gotten so off, off track it. here. Hey, wait, we do that. We do that. That's why. That's why I love doing these things because you can get off bases. Like, what are they supposed to be talking about? Serial killers? What are they? Now they're what talking about Star Trek. Holy cloak, shit, yeah. But uh, no, what what's really strange about that is uh, it's it's just in the contracts and everything like that. If they want yeah. to get paid more, they can get paid more. If they don't want to get paid more, they don't have to get paid more. Yeah, I always understood it was like a minimum thing. Once you hit a you know a a plus listing, you know you're status. allowed to ask. That. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, uh, Brad Pitt should have made like tw- uh, twenty five million dollars for Deadpool two. He was only in there for like three seconds. Yeah, not, probably not even that. Probably even a second and a half. <laughs> and all he all he get. Well, yeah, got well you saw his face for like literally like yeah. half a second, or you know, like a second and a half. But or Matt Damon and <laughs> and uh, Alec uh, Tulik. Yeah, or uh, no, Alan Tyduck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Alan Tyduck is from Dallas, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> He'll always be washed. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He is the leaf on the wind. Actually, no. He'll be that redheaded from uh, Nightstale. 
Yeah, I, I get that, and, and I'm, I'm on board with that. But for me, he's always going to be Wash. He's, he's from Hightown. That was his first big role and everything. I get it. And he, he really played that role really good. He did. But I'm a brown coat, so just do like <laughs> that. All right. <laughs> Why these episodes just, uh, have a nerd fight? <laughs> Uh, but shame uh, on you because you have a Firefly T-shirt. I yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't really say anything. Yeah. So it. there. So. I, I just I just like to have the argument uh, with a lot of people argue because because <laughs> he is he is so versatile. Yeah, he was the pirate. Work. He was the pirate in Dodgeball. Yeah, he was the pirate in Dodgeball. He was the. Uh, he does a lot of voice acting too. Yeah, he was the uh, android. Uh, the droid in, uh, well, he was the uh, robot in iRobot. He was uh, the droid in Rogue One. And, I mean, his voiceover, he was the chicken in Moana. Yeah, yeah, he was the chicken in Moana. Yeah, he was, Didn't uh, even say anything. Pepe, yeah. Yep, <laughs> yeah, he was Pepe, yeah. But, yeah, it's so strange. It's, he has so many roles and everything. A lot of them you don't even hear about. I was like a lot of them, a lot of people haven't heard the uh I think it's con man he did like a, a kind of a spoof type deal for like two seasons about <coughs> actors that are in the com- uh that go to com- uh comic con conventions and everything like mm-hmm. that yeah I mean God we have really jumped off the tracks here Maybe Alan Tyduck should be not, you know, she, he should uh, he should take on the role of H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, so let's use that as a segue. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but, oh, God. Nerds, sports, that's yeah, great. We can't, we can't keep on talking because we, we have so much interest and everything like that. God, yeah, I mean, bottom line, this guy set the bar. I mean, yeah, he, he was really, he was ingenuitive, he was innovative. Uh, I mean, the guy was obviously very, very intelligent, just like a lot of our other serial murderers are, with the exception of Eileen, because let's just face it, she was just Florida woman, that's all she was. Yeah. Now, um, but I mean, he was was very particular. I mean, he was very charming, obviously, uh, very convincing. I mean, con artist. Yeah. The guy, you knew he knew how to build, because he built the the murder castle. He, He... he was very uh, crafty. I mean, he had over 50 insurance companies wanting to prosecute him at one time. Yeah. Uh, and I think ultimately, yeah, he just it was just something stupid like horse theft that got him arrested. Yeah. You know, well, Of course, that happens a lot with serial killers. I mean... Yeah, I mean, because they get so... They're like, I've done this. There's no way I can get caught doing this. And that's what they get tripped up on. Well, and, they're... Which one would we talk about that he had like a broken pellet or something like that and he got, was it a, I think it was Rodney. Yeah, I think so too. Like Timothy McVeigh, he he got pulled over for having a busted taillight. Ted Bundy too. Yeah, Ted Bundy, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it so strange that it's the most, you, they get away with the murder and everything like that and then it's something stupid like tax evasion, like. Or, uh, Al Capone. Al Capone. Yeah. It's just something just like doesn't fit anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of want to go. Well, there, it was that one thing that uh, Andy uh, Smith said that uh, after uh, his buds, that person and his wife went out on a uh, killed the chick. And what got them caught was uh, they left the blood stain trying to pick up a t shirt from Hooters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. You said blood stain. For whatever reason, that scene from Pulp Fiction popped up into my head. Which one? <laughs> Sam Jackson and John Tavolta are sitting there talking. Oh, the... Yeah, he, he's like, look, pow! He's like, motherfucker! He's, he's like, I got it in my mouth! <laughs> uh, uh, all right, I think we can uh, close it out on He's this like, no, no, nah, nah, you on fucking brain matter detail. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can close it on that one. Uh, who's the guy that gets in the t-shirt? Uh, Mike Kurtz. Yeah, Mike Kurtz. You, uh, he's got your t-shirt. If you watch it and everything like that, you got right your here. free t-shirt right here. And uh, uh, for those of you who would like one of these shirts, it's a... Uh, Fuck socialism. It's got uh, Che, uh, che uh, Chase Navarro. Chase. It's got his face on there. Don't get me wrong. It's got his face on this T-shirt. I mean, it's a pretty nice T-shirt. Uh, he's gonna put a link in the bio um, yeah. on the on the on our channel for uh, Ingram Me Productions. Uh, you got a shop set up on there yet? Uh, website. Website. Yeah. Okay. So there's a link to the website. Uh, the shirts are twenty five bucks a piece. Yeah, and, and a lot of people they, they was like, well, that's too expensive. It's like one I. I the whole cost of it, if you go through the website and everything like that, you might be able to talk me down if you're first person and everything like that. It might take like five bucks off if you sell it. Uh, if I sell it to you cash wise, and I'll go pick, uh, take it to you. And for those of you town. who follow the Facebook page, I mean, Amari King won't even wear a shirt. Uh, wore this particular, not this particular shirt, but a shirt uh, from us on one no, of it his. This, uh, it was a shirt. Yeah, this shirt. Um, yeah, it was this shirt on um, his. Uh, what was it? Facebook Live or, or no, Instagram? It's Instagram. He's yeah, it's his Instagram. Facebook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the, the book of faces. Yeah. Um, but had yeah, banned him still. So I mean, yeah, Mamari King wore the shirt and uh, he loves it. Hey, like loves it. Um, I talk, but yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, I talked to him recently. He was like, "Man, I get so many good uh, good uh, comments, uh, people uh, liking that shirt and everything." Yeah. When I'm so running, I'm, running you know, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll come out with more merch, uh, you know, ideas and 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 things like that. We just, um, you know, we need to get rid of these shirts in order so, so we can, you know, bring more. Yeah, and I'm going to be in uh, it, by chance. If you go to the Tokyo Archery Challenge, I'll be selling these shirts, handing it over. But, That's in San Antonio. But the twenty five dollars is that Austin, uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. But yeah. we're selling the shirts at twenty five dollars because one, it it. It covers the cost and a little bit of a profit so we can start putting more money into the uh, production value and everything like that. And if I have to send a delivery, you don't have to worry about pay, uh, paying uh, mail-in costs and everything. It's included in that. So it's free shipping. That's the reason why $25 base rate. Yeah. So we can cover all of our bases. If I jump up the price on it, it's only because of shipping got a little bit more expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and if, if, you, if you order multiple... Multiple shirts. I mean, obviously, we're still talking. I mean, we could probably work out like a like a bulk thing. Like you know, if you buy five or six, you know, three or four shirts, you know. Yeah, I'll jump. Uh, you know. Prices as as long as it doesn't get down uh, past fifteen. Fifteen's my limit. Yeah, so I mean, if we did like four for eighty. 
Yeah. You know, but yeah, definitely check out the website. Uh, if you haven't given us a follow or a like yet, definitely do that. Hit the sm you know, smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Um, and just you know, definitely get engaged with us. Uh, give us your feedback on it, and uh, you know, and if yeah. you and if you have any ideas as to who you'd like to see us feature next on the, on on this particular series, definitely drop it in the comment section. Yeah, I was actually thinking about doing. Uh, <clears throat> Like a big name, like a mass murderer or something like that. I forgot who it was. Oh, no, the Nazi doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the Yosef. Um, I'm going to butcher the hell crap. out of his name. Hold on. Yosef Mengli. Yeah, Yosef Mengli. Yeah, we'll do him next. I'm try to do my best, you know, German. Yeah. Uh, we'll do him next. Uh, this episode's probably going to be on Friday, so... Uh, I'm going to be at the Totally Archery Challenge. See me up there. Give me a wave, you know. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, get a hold of Evan and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely talk to him about, you know, <laughs> sponsoring the podcast. I, I'm mainly wondering if he still has, if he has the shirt or not. Because I gave him one, too. Yeah. But uh, we'll catch you later, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Goodbye.